Welcome to Brain Health and Healing with Eve Edelman and co-host Simone Jeanette. Today I'd like to talk about why nutrients work at all. Most people think, well, these drugs, we know they work. A lot of people think that. Well, some people, most of America. But nutrients, how could that work? Well, actually, there's really good reasons why nutrients work. But first, we're going to talk about how effective are they? How effective are nutrients? And what do you mean by nutrients? Like eating the dirt? Well, some people do talk about that. But (laughs) actually, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, nutrients, what we need to stay alive, our food, our nourishment. So in comparison to taking pharmaceuticals, How good do the nutrients work? We could look at the research and clinical results of Dr. Hoffer, Dr. Pfeiffer, and Dr. Walsh. Dr. Hoffer, who began megavitamin therapy with high-dose nutrients, particularly niacin and C, he saw over 10,000 patients in his lifetime, and his results point to an 85% recovery or great improvement rate in people who have had schizophrenia for one year or less. That's amazing. You can't say they're cured because they have to keep taking the nutrients, but they are better. They are going back to school, going back to work, whatever it is they did before. Dr. Hoffer found that nutrients by themselves work really well. And if taken along with ongoing medication, the nutrients add markedly to the degree of healing. Dr. Pfeiffer worked with what he called biotypes, histopenia, histodelia, and pyroluria. Histopenia was very similar to the classic schizophrenia patients that Dr. Hoffer worked with. Pyroluria, the stress-sensitive patients with B6 and zinc dependency. And histodelia would more tend to be chronic depression, schizoaffective, or bipolar with depressive episodes dominant. You could get good indications of the biochemistry by measuring whole blood histamine and urinary pyrrole. Specific nutrients could bring the chemistry back to a more average histamine or address the effects of the excess pyrroles. So on 20,000 patients treated this way, he found about 80% recovery grade improvement rate with the improvement correlated with the change in the chemistry. Pfeiffer and Hoffer both found that even people ill 30 years or more and in and out of hospitals, they don't improve as much, but they get some improvement usually. And the sooner the treatment, the better. The sooner you get put on nutrients that your body needs for a slew of reasons, not just mental symptoms, but for instance, anemia or high blood pressure, whatever. You take those nutrients and you get better in many ways. So anyways, you could look at a lot of patients and see what happens. Together, that's 30,000. 
and then 30,000 more people with various disorders, autism, depression, learning or behavior issues, some schizophrenia and bipolar, and so on, recorded in an extensive biochemistry database of Dr. Walsh. This data helps confirm the biotype therapies of Dr. Pfeiffer and also goes on to extend their use for other conditions. Wow. Psychiatrists in general have high suicide rates. Orthomolecular psychiatrists tend to live long and continue practicing throughout their lives. It is really rewarding to see someone mentally ill, especially mentally ill on heavy medication, emerge. Emerge from the horrors of the illness. It's really scary when you're schizophrenic or when you're bipolar and lose control. I can attest to that. A caution. When a person wants to do nutrients, they need to continue whatever meds they're on and add the nutrients. And as the symptoms improve, the meds are very, very slowly reduced by the physician because otherwise you get a rebound. And the rebound can happen right away or a year later, on average three to six months later. And even though the person, when they suddenly stop the medication, they in some cases find they feel great, they are courting disaster, almost invariably. If the person's on the medication long enough for their brains to adjust to the medication, for instance, dopamine's being suppressed, But the brain insistently creates more dopamine activity to compensate. Then when that medication is stopped, the enhanced dopamine activity becomes increasingly apparent. And with that, the voices and other symptoms return, perhaps worse than ever. So orthomolecular experience suggests that withdrawal is best done quite slowly with increases of certain nutrients as needed, and with each reduction only occurring a sufficient amount of time after the nutrients have stopped symptoms. In any case, the nutrients work. Nutrients did work. 60,000 patients and more because there's many more doctors practicing this kind of medicine A majority of these patients with good or great improvement, especially if treated when they're young, but even when they're older, and even if a person has to be on meds, their life could still feel a lot better. Their brains work a lot better. So, good effectiveness, nutrients, why not try it first in cases where it can be tried first? It's confusing to me how just simple nutrients could combat something as severe as schizophrenia. Like, I've seen people in schizophrenic episodes who suffer from delusional thinking that it's surprising to me that something as basic as nutrients could minimize the symptoms. Our bodies, our genetics, runs on nutrients. If you don't have any nutrition, you're dead. So we can't live off candy bars? (laughs) If you don't have any nutrients at all, you are dead. I should tell this to my teenager. 
But that aside, our genetics uses amino acids and other nutrients to create enzymes and proteins. And these enzymes and proteins, in order to function, need cofactors, nutrients, minerals, vitamins. If they don't have those, they don't function right. So you can change your body's makeup by taking in particular nutrients. For instance, to create dopamine, one could take in B6 and, and tyrosine. And those nutrients determine, in part, how much dopamine you're going to create. And they're needed. If you don't have any tyrosine, you're not going to create dopamine. Furthermore, our genetics is a potential. We could manifest in a certain way. And it's our environment, particularly the nutrition we take in. There's a blueprint. And then there's the nutrients that regulate it. For instance, niacin will increase the genetic expression of transporters, which remove dopamine from the synapse. Niacin decreases available dopamine, which is probably the main reason why it seems to be so greatly effective for schizophrenia. So how the genetics manifests also has to do with methylation and acetylation, which we won't go into now. But for methylation to occur, you need particular nutrients. And if, on the other hand, you get a lot of toxins, you're going to suppress that methylation. So we haven't really talked about what methylation is, and we will, so it's take yeah, it on faith. You're throwing out some big words there, Eva. Yeah, I Where am. do we find all this stuff? Well, it's in my books, of course, yeah. and on my blogs, which yeah, you could get to from the website, boragebooks.com. But we're also going to talk about it here. It's kind of like circular. There's certain words that are difficult, and you learn what one thing means, and then there's questions about what another. So be patient, listeners, and you will know it all. So, yeah, that's like what we do here at the studio with the recording equipment. <laughs> We're like, what does that mean? <laughs> and then with circular, we learn more and more. So anyway, the physical substance of our bodies is largely constituted of nutrients and water. And beyond that, there's our blueprints, the genetics. And there's the epigenetics, how that genetics gets expressed. But that, again, is largely dependent on nutrients. So you could take tryptophan and B6 and create serotonin. Or you could decrease the transporters that take serotonin out of the synapse by supporting nutrients that increase methylation and you'll have more serotonin around to make you happy. So you could affect epigenetics which we're going to talk about and methylation which we're going to talk about and the enzymes and proteins in the body, all this with nutrition. And you're going to basics, you're going to root causes when you do that. Nutrients gradually change our body. Over time, nutrients work better and better. And when you have a bunch of nutrients you're taking, they make each other work better and better. You get a mix of nutrients that you need. 
the major side effect is you're healthier in a lot of ways. So that's why nutrients. We're not trying to suggest anybody stop taking their pharmaceuticals. That's like a slow process that you do with your doctor. But we are trying to say that nutrients can do a really great job also. And even if you're taking medication. In fact, that's how all this kind of psychiatry started. It was with people already on medication. And if you remember from the earlier show how scurvy and pellagra, they all have symptoms that of depression and anxiety and psychosis just reversed with there's a deficiency that can be supplemented through natural substances right because in those cases it's like not enough vitamin c or not enough niacin a deficiency or maybe a dependency a person who needs more than normal of niacin and c And then when you supply it, then those symptoms go away, along with the physical symptoms. That's an example that most doctors know about, where you have depression, psychosis, anxiety, and it goes away with simple nutrients. I like how we talked about the predator. What what did you call it? Predator response theory. Yeah, the predator response theory. I like that, too, how you talked about... Can you refresh us the meat thing, right? (laughs) Okay. So one of the best sources of niacin is red meat. It's also a really good source of B6, zinc, B12, and carnitine. But niacin, that's a great source of niacin. So there's this theory by Dr. Cleary that in ancient times when people were hunter-gatherers, the chief hunter, the most revered hunter, was perhaps the one whose niacin receptors were more sensitive to a lack of niacin. And so like they instinctually needed it, so they were hunting it. They would feel uneasy without the niacin, maybe a little psychotic, have visions perhaps of animals roaming to the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'd lead the other hunters to where the animals were, and the chief hunter would be the one who would feast on the meat first, and his niacin receptors would be sated, and then he would appear sane, unagitated, until the next time when the tribe ran low on meat. And this theory has extended to when people are violent and they don't have enough niacin. That's something to think about. We've got a lot of violent people in the world today. Maybe we need to give them all slabs of red meat. Vegetarianism has a really kind philosophy, but so far as mental health goes, some people actually need to have animal food. Wow, that's super interesting. But we could have animal food where the animals are being treated, treated the best nicely. way we Oh can. my gosh, I watched yeah. this documentary. They're trying to put this pig slaughter farm in Illinois somewhere, and the farmers that have lived there forever are totally against it. And of course, they're having to fight, but it's horrible. Oh my gosh, the manure, everything that goes with it, wow. They don't let the animals move around. No. Yeah, so we could treat the animals as best we can and only eat as much as we absolutely need to maintain our health and be thankful to the animal for what they're giving us. So Yeah, a little gratitude back to like sacred practicing too, I think would help with mental health issues. What do you think? 
Do you think that? Do you believe that? Or is that just weird thinking? I think that gratitude and forgiveness is really good for our own mental health. And it's really good for the people we're relating to and really good for saving the planet. Yeah, because it kind of raises the consciousness of all of us, right? When we practice more empathy. Yeah, kindness. Disclaimer. What you hear on this show is meant for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical diagnosis and treatment. Nutrient protocols should always be tailored to the person's individual biochemistry. If you think you have a mental or physical problem, please consult a knowledgeable physician. Thanks, Eva. For more information, including contraindications and numerous studies, check out my books, Natural Healing for Schizophrenia and Natural Healing for Bipolar Disorder, available from BorgeBooks.com. Our next show will be on copper and zinc and their influence on anxiety, mania, voices, bipolar, and so on. Till the next podcast, Eva Edelman and Simone Jeanette signing out.